Hey, how you doing? This is uh, Gina Versa. We're coming in from uh, Park City, Utah, according to our uh, virtual backgrounds. Uh, we have a special episode today. Um, it's our first interview of the year. Um, I'm joined, as always, by my friend uh, Diego. Hello. Hey, Gene. Yeah, I'm really excited to be here today. It's a special one. Yeah, and we have uh, some special guests. Um, they were, uh, we met them through our good friend uh, Terrence, Terrence James, who's always uh, guesting. We have Julian Doan, uh, director of the short film that was at Sundance called Raspberry, and the producer and one of the uh, actors in the film, uh, Raymond Lee. How are you guys doing? Thanks for joining us. Doing good. Uh, you, you've said special so many times so far uh, <laughs> that we feel extra special to be here. Yeah. So this will special. be titled a this will be titled a very special <laughs> Sundance wrap up. Yeah. yeah. It's yeah. like a Chris it's like a holiday special. There you go. <laughs> we no, we love uh, our holiday specials. Yeah, no, we're good and uh thanks for having us and Terrence is like I don't know if you guys know but Terrence uh did the theme song for a web series that I did after college that Ray was also in and really? uh, called Wall Street Manor. Oh, and Ray, yeah. Yeah, and Terrence had never uh, mm -hmm. seen the intro he even did the score for. We were just like, hey, we wanted an intro theme. And he like sent the first thing he sent was the one we used. It was just <laughs> perfect right off the bat. Nice. Yeah, I love uh, I love his, uh, like he has like a chiptune, chiptune band. What is it called? Love and, him. Uh, yeah. He has You're between you and me. Yeah. No, yeah. it's it's excellent. That's some good music. But uh yeah, no, guys, uh, we saw the uh, your short film that you sent us, and uh, congratulations again. Um, for It screened at uh, Sundance this year um, virtually. And, uh, yeah, we're just going to, I guess, um, spoilers, um, we'll uh, talk just about the film and kind of, um, you know, your experiences making it and, um, you know, just everything about it, just to highlight it. So, cool. Um, so guys, um, just kind of like first off the bat, um, how are you doing during COVID? Because, um, you know, this is, uh, you know, unprecedented time. And then, uh, you know, we always just want to see how everyone's uh, doing on the podcast. Well, I appreciate, uh, I appreciate you for checking in. Um, you know, it's, it's just weird, um, but it's, it's something that I've grown accustomed to and, and, um, you know, I, I still, I think the thing I like the least is just the lack of human interaction, um, among other things, but just, um, you know, to be physically in the room with other people, it's just, I, I just miss that energy. I, I miss that exchange of biochemical, whatever happens between people. Um, and then everything else just kind of emanates out of that. Um, but yeah, I mean, I'm kind of a recluse anyways, so it's it wasn't a huge adjustment for me. And um, yeah. Uh, it's, I feel like it's been like so wildly up and down as it has for all of us. Um, I'm lucky that I sort of work in post-production and I get to keep working, but um, I don't know. Emotionally, it's been obviously hard, like all the things Ray said. I think you know, I certainly miss one of the biggest things I miss is going to the movie theater. And I think like, we're having to find new ways to like, enjoy, you know, I started kind of doing this little like unofficial movie club thing with a few friends, um, where every uh, week, or every couple of weeks, we take turns choosing a film and all watching it and just talking about it. Because I just miss like, chatting with, you know, with friends about films and stuff like that. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to keep some of that alive. It's just for like my own emotional sanity no, I, I totally get that yeah, we, yeah. we've discussed uh, a couple times on the podcast like we're probably going to start like a movie club because uh, this is probably going to continue for a little while and you know it's just fun to talk about movies with friends and people on the internet yeah. most of the time um, but speaking right. of internet so Sundance was only online Gene and I talked about it this is our first Sundance so it was like we don't have a different like approach <laughs> to how to talk about it but for yeah. you two, was this your first Sundance? And if not, what was the experience like uh, online only this time? 
It, it was mine. Uh, so my experience is probably very similar to yours. Uh, I was obviously very enthused to hear the news that we got accepted. And then immediately following that feeling was like, oh, but it's all online. How are they going to do that? Are we going to get enough people to watch it? Um, just the kind of, um, you know, the, the bittersweet feeling of uh, being at Sundance. Um, but yeah, my experience is probably very similar to yours where I got to watch probably more things than I, from what I hear, more things because it was online um, as opposed to being there physically. And uh, I really appreciated that aspect. And for the most part, there were some kinks like online. I think it was just a little hard to like, um, like, you know, that whole debacle with the four hour time frame that, that was given with the short stuff. That was a little confusing for a lot of people and it required a lot of troubleshooting and back and forth. But aside from that, I, I really enjoyed it because I did get to um, enjoy it at the, from the comforts of my own home too. Yeah. <clears throat> um, I've been to Sundance a couple times, once uh, with a project that I didn't, you know, write and direct myself um, as a crew member. And then I went last year to support um, Brianna, our producers, um, she costume designed the film last year, so I went to support that. But this was like the first year as like a a writer director uh, with our own project, you know. So obviously it it was enormously exciting to to get in, you know, um, to get accepted and and to be invited to play this year. And it was also like I said, just like oh man, we got in on like the year when like we don't get to have like a palpable audience response. Like, you know, when we submitted, it was like September and we're like, okay, maybe by January, this will all turn around and we'll get to go to Park <laughs> City. And like the winter became the worst we'd ever freaking faced with COVID. So it just, yeah. it was a little depressing, but um, I think generally they've done a pretty decent job of, of um, creating like a lot of, I mean, it's Sundance, so they have a huge following and like, they are able to get like a lot of viewers attentions and a lot of buzz, even though they're an online festival. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, I think we had, ultimately we still got like a really great audience response just in a different way. Um, in a way that we're probably all used to communicating anyway, which is like online, Instagram, Twitter, um, letterbox is a huge game changer. Letterbox yeah. is like a really good way for like audiences to like communicate with each other and like, um, you know, that part of it that we missed, we really wanted. Um, I think we kind of still got it. So yeah, pretty, pretty pleased with that. Yeah, in the waiting rooms for like a bunch of the screenings, I saw people doing like, follow me on Instagram. Here's my letterbox. <laughs> here's my Twitter. And so that was like kind of fun. You yeah. know? Oh, like, really? Was, yeah, yeah. And so I, we I didn't like participate in that too much. But like, I thought that was cool. People like getting the opportunity to connect in a way they hadn't before, you know? That's cool. Yeah, no, I didn't. I didn't do any of the waiting rooms. This I don't know. There was not. I guess I started movies like after the window started, so I guess I didn't see the waiting room. But that was part of the fun of going in person. Is that I I pretty much started just waitlist like getting in line for films because um, the tickets would sell out, and then generally it was just easier to uh, get in line. And like you just meet, you just start meeting people and just chatting with them. You know. Yeah. Yeah, the interactivity for the festival, like compared to, you know, other like kind of virtual events that I went to like last year, say like Comic-Con at home or um, some other festivals, like it was like the interactivity was like so well done. Um, we we're comparing it to like Ready Player One. It kind of felt like that. Yeah, it's kind of like online, you know. I mean, it, it was so well done to the point where when you're hanging out in those um communal spaces, the awkwardness of starting conversations and like entering this chat and just kind of being a voyeur too in another person's conversation, that was all there. Like getting yeah. to know people, it just, yeah. that's how great yeah. the job they did. Yeah, you just get to butt into a random conversation and then all of a sudden you're like, hey, now I get to derail what you were talking about, yeah. look at me. And then your little avatar's like, who is this person? Hey, yeah. see, I can look at you. They really captured the bod the stiff body language we all have <laughs> in meeting yeah. each other at bars. Except you had the Oculus, Julian. So your arms were like you were partying with your guy. Yeah, if you had the VR headset, I don't know if you guys went to the VR spaces, but if you had the headset, the uh -huh. Oculus, you could actually move oh, really? like your hands. Yeah. So it was pretty cool. You could like dance and like 
Awesome. Very easy yeah. to find him. He was the most expressive person in the room. <laughs> yeah. Nice. Not not generally like that. Yeah. <laughs> you mean you don't walk around like this? I don't, I don't do. Yeah, yeah. If we were actually at a bar in Park City, yeah. I'd probably like be like the avatars, just like arms down, being like, "Hey guys, <laughs> I'm a filmmaker." Yeah. <laughs> oh, well, speaking of making films, how did the idea for Raspberry come about? Um, well, <laughs> mo- most of that script is from, um, like, you know, sort of real events of me losing my dad and watching him die, um, like, you know, in his room one morning. So that's kind of like the bulk of it. Um, so that's where I think, you know, all the drama comes in, but like the raspberry thing really came from um brianna and i were just joking around one day and i was like trying to blow a raspberry on her stomach and she was trying to play dead and we were you know it's just one of those silly what ifs like if what if you were gonna do this to like a dead person in like a you know a coffin or someone who just died and we thought it was a silly imagery but uh then i wrote it into this i combined it with this short that you know i was writing about the awkwardness of watching my dad die and yeah it sort of sort of ended up working (laughs) yeah um i think this is a a great short film and i I just i need to say this because i lost my father uh very recently like last month and uh that obviously is a very difficult thing to go through and so when i saw this short film immediately my brain started rejecting it because i was like i just don't want to be in this space but i thought you captured like just the perfect quality of like weird emotions that go on because it's obviously very sad and it's hard to like decipher but then it sometimes weird stuff happens and it's like this is almost like kind of dumb but it's hilarious and necessary like it's it's a hard feeling to capture and you just totally did and i was very moved by it so thank you for that because i I really think this is a fantastic short film um but uh gene go ahead I, i think you had a question too Oh, no, I was just saying the, uh, you know, the scene with like when he bows the raspberry, like that was just, um, you know, like so well done, like all the like emotions that it gets released. um, Because like that character, you're just like watching him kind of like, you know, uh, the brother, like what, you know, what is he going to do? And then, you know, the way like people handle grief is like differently, you know, some people have like different ways of like handling it. Like, uh, yeah, I thought that was just like really uh, brilliant just capturing that. Yeah, and uh, I also want to say that uh, Raymond, you're you have like this perfect stoic, awkward face for the first half of the short, and then after you you do the titular raspberry, you just like you broke down so like well, and it was like messy and like not like not pretty, but like it was it was so perfect for the scene. Like, how did you guys get to that mindset on set when creating it? Like. Um, I know Julian, you were talking talking about the inspiration for it. it was very personal, but like on the set, how do you kind of control that environment? Uh, first off, I resent that you called my crying face ugly. I thought it was a very attractive <laughs> crying face, um, and that's just. I apologize. I can't cry any prettier. Um, yeah, I, I you know it, it was all on the page. Um, it, it was meant to be dealt with with that sort of gravity it it, it was you know it's such a high pressure situation for anybody right if it's the last thing you get to say to this person and and clearly my character was not dealing with it in the same way that everyone else in the family was Um, we wanted to establish that my character had a very specific relationship with his father uh, and we wanted to also show that w- w- the idea that what happens when words fail you. And um, the challenge for me as an actor was to be able to emote all of that um, all while not speaking. And uh, it was just crafted in a way for this all to happen um, organically and it was just me responding as my character to um to to what was around me but yeah i mean we also had julian's very keen eye on what was too much and what was giving away too much or 
you know, is this too comical? Is this too serious? Like, how do we create this sort of mystery behind this character and uh, try to encapsulate all the lives that he's lived into just this quick few minutes before he does the deed? So it was important that every aspect right down to his hair and his costume choices and the way he sits and the way he chooses to stand up, I was all very specific. Yeah. Um, you know, I, I wasn't, this was a little bit of like new territory for me in terms of like, uh, you know, it was super, obviously like the raspberry is very funny. It's very broadly funny, but I think it's, the thing is like that, a raspberry is like, you know, the fart, a fart noise is so like, um, um, like the comedy of that just feels so built into us. Like that is just automatically quite humorous. And even if you don't, even if you find that kind of stuff juvenile, um, you still sort of think it's, it's silly, right? So I think you can like lean on the fact that like it is automatically funny and just everything, play everything very serious, right? So that was like one element of trying to like capture that tone and try to make it work the way it did and then um i actually did like you know and sitting down with the first ad and trying to like um and even talking to the dp and then trying to schedule our shoot um i did like ask ray ray's opinion on like what's what for because you know like obviously the other actors all do fantastic work but like i think ray's ray had to build to this moment and i was just curious like what's the best environment for you to do this um, you know, are we going to shoot, um, all the bedroom stuff first? And then do we move into the living room? Like, how are we going to schedule our day? Um, and he, he did tell me that like, he wanted to try to save it for later in the day so that we could like build up emotionally to that moment, which is also challenging because, um, you know, lighting stuff like that. Like we knew by the end of the day that we would have like, you know, almost like no daylight left. So we had to like, kind of block out our schedule and time where it just hit that perfect moment like you know uh like five to six p.m time we had to like be shooting the raspberry part um so but i did i did end up we did end up like kind of working the schedule around that so that he had like a runway to kind of get there yeah no yeah i mean it came out so well um i guess that leads to the other question um, did you guys like film this pre or during COVID? Um, can you talk a little bit about the, the filming, uh, like production and process of the, of the short? I can only imagine what it would be like if we filmed that during COVID <laughs> and Ray had to put his mouth on a stranger multiple times. Like what would the, <laughs> what would the protocol even be for that? Yeah. <laughs> it was just so wet. There, there would, it would not have been okay with, with anybody. <laughs> there'd be a lot of, there'd be a lot of, uh, uh, you know, all those graphics they show of all the like spit bubbles like coming out of the mass and stuff. It's like, this is like beyond the pale. <laughs> yeah, the COVID, uh, the COVID uh, officer must, would have been like just going nuts. That oh, day. just shitting oh, bricks. For sure. <laughs> just no, I mean, bullets. <laughs> miraculously, we shot it like, like literally the week before lockdown, right, Julian? We shot it like three or no, four, about four days before. Uh, you know, I was sent home from my, we shot it on Sunday, March 8th, and I was sent home from my job on like Thursday. Crazy. So wow. it was very fast. Um, and I don't know, weirdly, I don't, rem you know, you guys remember the week of COVID, everything kind of spiraled so quickly. It was literally like within less than 24 hours, things would uh, escalate exponentially. So from in the four days before COVID lo lockdown, and then, you know, us shooting on that Sunday, I don't even... I personally don't remember feeling so worried about it. I mean, obviously we're hearing news about COVID, but I mean, Ray and I had a phone conversation the next day. I don't think we ever mentioned COVID. We were just like talking about the shoot. We were, felt really good about what we had shot and we were excited about audiences experiencing this. I wasn't even thinking at all like, yeah, the world I, we'd live in now. I, I don't even think there was just that many cases even in California. Like it was still kind of approaching. So we were like, right. well, maybe because also it's just we've never faced anything like it. We just didn't know the timeline of events. So and I didn't even think it would get to us in the way that it did. So, yeah, we it was in the air. We knew people had it somewhere in Portland or something, but we just didn't think it would be. Uh, impeding on our stuff at all yeah right so yeah that's you know we we shot it a couple of days before thank god 
so lucky yeah no that's that's crazy because yeah it was like you know that was such a tight window before yeah that whole week everything like shut down like just this uh like a disaster movie or something like totally. tomorrow yeah super grim yeah but you know it, it ended up giving uh i had a lot of time to just focus on editing it <laughs> yeah probably too much time <laughs> Well, I don't know. I mean, it, it came together pretty well. Maybe it was all the time you needed, which is maybe that's a morbid way of looking at things. I don't know. Maybe I'll forget that. No, um, no you know, I mean, uh, well, first of all, I, I did want to uh, give my condolences to your, uh, you know, your dad about your dad. No, thank I'm you. Really sorry to hear that. Um, yeah, I think, I don't know. I, I feel like COVID's done a lot of like it's caused us to sort of like reorient our, our kind of like North star a little bit. And I think given all the time to like, you know, um, edit this seven minute short film, this three page script, like, but, but essentially I spent like months just kind of tweaking it. I think it gave us time to like step away from it and to like, look at it again. Um, you know, I, I, the, the film was done. We had a version of it like a couple of weeks after we were done. But I sort of sat on it and then, you know, went and just like, you know, lived our lives a little bit. And I think even as far as in June, I was still like going back in and then sending Ray a couple, um, a couple tweaks, you know, him and Brianna and Turner, the producers were mostly us four watching it, seeing like, oh, um, there's this moment with the pamphlet, like, how do we kind of make this moment a little bit more salient and kind of stand out a bit more? Um, I feel like it kind of like gave us more time to just get the film to like a really, really good place. Um, and I prefer, you know, I kind of miss working that way. Uh, yeah. I, I see. Yeah. Um, well, to go take a step back from the short film, uh, when you two started in this creative space, is this something you always saw like yourselves doing? Is this what like, and you were a kid, you know, in middle school, like, no, I'm, I'm going to be a filmmaker. I'm going to be an actor and producer. Uh, this is what I'm going to do for as long as I want to. Or, or was there something else in the cards, you know? We're going back, Ray. Oh, we're going back. Um, <laughs> Taking us back. Yeah. Um, might just start bawling for no reason. Um, I think it was in my like early 20s uh, when I decided uh, I was in community college and I decided uh, I wanted to pursue acting because I took acting as an elective course and I knew I always had some sort of a propensity to act out and I liked that sort of weird attention, um, but I just didn't know that I could make a living or that it was a viable way of living. Um, but I was like, well, I have nothing else really going for me except I work at Sport Chalet and I wax ski and snowboards all day. <laughs> and I might as well pursue something like kind of think I might be good at. And um, I transferred to Cal State Long Beach, which is uh, where Julian went as well. And I got to explore my, my, my creative freaky side. And then I, I call it my uh, artistic awakening, what I had there, because I got to really um, separate myself from the life that I had before and just be whatever I wanted to be. Um, from semester to semester. And it was just really cool learning. Uh, it's the first time I ever like started caring about history or, or just um, psychology and people and stories. And, um, and it was at Long Beach when I first saw Julian Short, um, Laundry Day, because a couple of my friends were in the theater program who was also uh, cast in his short. And I watched it and I just thought it was so cool. It was at a time when like, you know, Spike Jones and Michelle Gondry and Wes Anderson was like really prevalent. And it just kind of had the kind of quirk and the, the filmmaking style that I was really into um, and the characters, I saw my friends as characters in a, in a movie uh, and they just seemed like movie stars to me at the time. And I was like, oh yeah, I mean, of course I'm gonna continue to pursue theater, but I really wanna do film and television too. And um, it was always one of my dreams too, like the guys from It's Always Sunny in Philadelphia, like they got to create a career uh, together and a show together. So it was always inspiring to me to hear stories like that, like Matt Damon and Ben Affleck and stuff like that. And so it was always in the back of my mind to want to continue to 
collaborate with my friends and, and want the best for everybody so we can continue to work at a high level. But all the while I still pursued my career in television and film and made my way through commercial acting and you know co-stars, guest stars. And now I'm at a place where I get to be a series regular on shows and do movies here and there. So it's really cool. I mean, at the end of the day, I'd love to just work on projects that I love to work on with the people that I love. And um, it felt like Raspberry in a lot of ways was a real full circle moment where I got to do all of that. Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I, I Ray, I, I kind of, for you know, I, it's like one of those times in my life where I don't remember like when the first time we met was, you know what I mean? Like it sort of kind of blends and I'm trying to remember like what the first thing I saw you in was like, I don't know if it was like a play or if it was a film, like what was the first film project you were in? Uh, it was this porn on uh, YouPorn called. Uh, <laughs> that must've been it. I, I like it all the way. And I was like, I think he'd be great for. <laughs> <laughs> I think he'd be great for that <laughs> Hey, in 13 years, I'm going to do a short film. I think you'd be great for it. Man, you're clever. I can't believe it. I can't believe it was like 12, 13 years ago. I can't either, man. Yeah. <laughs> um, what was it though? What was the first thing you were in? Film I don't know. Yeah. I don't know what the first, oh, first TV thing I was in or first commercial? Any, anything, first film, first TV. First, yeah, do you remember? Are you sure you, you might have not seen me like in a play at Long Beach? I probably saw you in a play. I'm just curious if you remember what like your first film project was. I know my very first paid television job was a one-liner on How I Met Your Mother um oh i i, I, I also, remember that oh and then and then after that it was uh, it's always sunny in philadelphia it was like dream come true is two of the shows that i really wanted to be on um but i previously i had done like like four or five commercials that made some money but yeah on on camera stuff that was probably oh, okay you might have seen me yeah well like yeah my my sort of start into this business this industry what have you uh i mean you know in high school i think i started you know we go we, we all grew up in what the jackass era uh you know a lot of like <laughs> diy we, you know i was a big skater in high school so we always had the the uh, what was it like the dvx 200 or whatever that camera was with the handle on the top you could hold it low with a fisheye film your friend skating so like we were always making like skate videos and jackass style videos in high school. So I think, and cutting it on like windows movie maker. <laughs> so like, that's where I think I first got like, like kind of a bug for, for doing that kind of stuff. Um, and like, you know, in, in like English class, we had to like film, they asked us to like film some scenes. So, you know, the matrix I think was like the movie that made me want to start working. And I didn't know what capacity I just knew I wanted to make something impossible possible right like the magic of that so like we shot this uh fight scene for like romeo and juliet or something for english class in like an empty pool that was near our house and we would do that thing where we like ran on the sides of the walls um just trying to mimic that scene where trinity is like running around on the walls in the matrix so that's probably where it started and then i went to yeah cal state long beach and i actually i think i entered as like a graphic design major and they were telling me that like because uh, it was harder for kids to get into that program. Like it ended up taking some kids like six to seven years to finish that uh, a degree in graphic design. So I was like, oh, how long does a film program take? And they're like, no, it takes about four. And I was like, perfect. I don't want to be in college for more than four years. Like I'll do that, <laughs> um, which seems to have panned out okay. Um, you know, made just, uh, I don't think I knew what I wanted to do. I think everyone like is in college wants to be a director not maybe not fully or even realizing like what that means you just like want to make films um but yeah we like made films in college and you, we worked in every capacity like sound editing producing um you know editing camera grip like directing like you literally kind of did it all at our school um yeah i don't know and 13 years later i'm still trying to do it <laughs> nice. 14 years later even however long god it just feels so long <laughs> but i think it's still an exploration for me um you know I, I do like i really like the post process i think that gives you it gives me a lot of like the creative fulfillment of directing while having like more consistent work yeah yeah gotta pay the bills 
Yeah. And like you get to maybe have like a wider breadth of work because you're working on so many other people's stories mm-hmm. and you get to like pick up and learn from them. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah. I was gonna, yeah, I was gonna say, um, you know, no, it's cool that you guys have uh, known each other for so long. It's kind of, um, you know, like uh, like Sam Raimi and like Bruce Campbell, just like meeting in uh, like high school, and you know, I just think, um, like, you know, taking like um, taking the journey like together, like you know, like towards a goal, like filmmaking, because like me and Diego, we've we've known each other since like uh, high school, and we've been yeah. doing podcasts for a while, and. Uh, you know it's just it's always just great to like like have like a like a you know like a sam to a frodo or a frodo to a <laughs> we are sam and frodo yeah i'll take frodo um <laughs> i yeah I, I to me that's one of my the favorite things one of the favorite things about this uh career this industry is um you know i think this is our eighth project together or something like that right julian it's like you know the, to be able to check in uh, periodically to work on something and then to, to be impressed by what we've learned over the past year or so that we haven't worked with each other and how our work has grown individually and collectively and how our um, circles of friends have grown too. So, you know, this was a, a project that, you know, Julian directed, produced it, everything. So you show up on set and you see that these are his contemporaries and these are the po- people that he's, he's chosen to trust with uh, every aspect of uh, filmmaking. And, and it's just really cool because now we get to, now that our networks have expanded, we get to pull in uh, higher quality people, higher quality work. And I can only assume that this is how you, continue to make better stuff so it's just very exciting that um we can continue to do this and have fun with it yeah yeah i mean brianna like also brought in like so many i mean like people to this project and then um you know uh we even pulled i mean our like there's even some people i hadn't worked with in in a while like our script supervisor is someone who went to long beach too and it was kind of cool to like get to work with some like old family family friends kind of kind of thing you know uh, get that old family feel back together but uh yeah I don't know like uh you know the thing with I think both of us is uh we're both very I think Ray and I are both really like um I don't know I, I tend to like just pour too much maybe a little too much of myself into things I'm working on um but I can't really do it any other way and so like I think that's what whenever we work together it's like just very like um 150 percent and giving it our full thought you know and i i feel like i I, at some level i feel like i i expect that of people i work with but everybody everybody who was on this was like really giving it their all and it was awesome um i i wanna i just i just wanna uh correct something that i said uh i thought frodo was the guy who played Rudy for a second. Uh, I was not trying to say that I am Elijah Wood here. I'm trying to say that I was uh, Sam. Sam. You can be Frodo, it's fine. Look, there's four of them, two of which get, you know, uh, sort of go off on their own journey and come back at Mm -hmm. the end. So we could all be... Oh, yeah. Every, yeah, so I appreciate that, but I just wanted to clear the air that I don't think I'm that hot. Okay. So. <laughs> but, uh, well, Sam, Sam is great. Everyone, um, you know, I think Sam's a very underrated character because, you know, without him, like, no, who would have like carried Frodo up like the the mountain, you know? And Absolutely. like, yeah. But, but but who's in more memes? You know. <laughs> that is true. Yeah. <laughs> I do like the Sam Raimi Bruce Campbell. Uh, uh, I've never never heard that one brought up before, but it's cool. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I fucking hope to keep making shit with my friends, man. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, we get to all then break off and go on our own little journeys and our own little projects. But like, it feels really cool to like find the times when we get to come back together and do it again with like our peers. Because I think in a lot of other capacities, at least for me, I work with people I tend to like look to as like a superior or something like that. Someone I can like learn from. Not to say I don't learn from my friends, but like um, there's something about working with like peers who you've you know known for a long time that feels like we're all growing together. Um, I really enjoy that part of it. Yeah, yeah. That's like I was just gonna say it's like leveling up together in like the party, you know. 
for sure yeah yeah I mean, you don't want to get into another party where you're getting carried and you're just like i mean which is cool you're like sweet i'm loving up they're carrying me but like you know but they got all these sweet items that i don't have <laughs> <laughs> yeah uh okay go ahead sorry no i was just gonna say that i i'm you know i find that it's and this is this is new right i mean even even though julian and i have created lots of things together this is the first time we've made something that has had this much reach and this much uh critical attention as well and uh it's i'm i'm finding that i really enjoy this feeling of celebrating together um yeah so yeah it's 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 a cool new feeling that i want to continue to have yeah i will say too like i think the virtual sundance has been kind of awesome because like so many people have been able to see raspberry like i you know if we do it in park city it's like you get a theater of 150 people 200 people whatever for like a night uh they might show up more than one night i can't even actually remember how often they show shorts um in, in a in-person festival but like i mean fuck we, we can get people from anywhere in the country can watch it you know like that's that's pretty insane yeah yeah like the reach is like was uh you know went to like these uh levels that you know a lot of uh films you know the fact that like um you know like uh i think like judas and the black messiah was like trending like on twitter for a while like you know just the reach mm -hmm. of like the festival and just like the online chatter was just like it was just really great just to see yeah yeah i wonder if raspberry was trending for like a hot like split second just the fruit like everybody just loved the fruit for a moment it was insane. yeah yeah we do have the the downside is our film is a little hard to google ah uh. Oh, because the the, the SEO is not like optimized. You know, we didn't really. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you, have to, you, have, you have to do like like I think even right now, if you search Raspberry short film, mm -hmm. a different film still pops up first. Maybe. Yeah. Yeah, it uh, does. An imposter on, film. Yeah. Yeah, some video yeah. on YouTube or something like that. Um, got to get a like a coder to take down their video. <laughs> yeah, I think right now you got to do like Sundance Raspberry and even Julia then Stone. yeah and even then like that feature strawberry mansion still pops up first <laughs> it's like fuck yeah sense uh, of that. half half of our podcast now are just complaining about how shitty seo stuff is so thank you for contributing to that because it is our biggest headache <laughs> yeah just we now time. know that uh in whatever budget we create for our next film we have to work in uh, a coder yeah or we just or we just schedule paid time for uh brainstorming sessions on titles you know that yeah. really pay off like yeah. in innovative titles that are not <laughs> easily reproduced or we go the band route where you like sub out like maybe we did it raspberry but the a is a number four you know? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, and like the e is a three and all this all this bullshit that would have been weird if we had done that <laughs> I, I would have dug it. They're like, what's what's the connection to the digital world with this film? Is it like part of some elite speak stuff? Like what's going on? No, we yeah. just wanted it to be easily Googleable. <laughs> yeah. Like that yeah. like that band churches that does it with a V instead of a Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, easy. Of course that, that's nothing else but the band. For forethought for uh a next project for you two. So on that note, uh, as we wrap up, what is next for you two? What, what do you got going on? Anything you want to highlight that's, that's going on right now too? Because you know, I, I know it's also weird to ask because sometimes COVID does not make that immediate like next step happen right away. Yeah. So yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'm, I'm working on a TV show on AMC called Kevin Can Fuck Himself. <clears throat> that should be coming out sometime in the, in the summer um also in top gun maverick that should be coming out in the summer um is it still coming out in the summer or is it uh has they, i don't know the, i mean did they hold the date they held the date it's sometime in july but it's this is their second time they've pushed uh this film and a film like this is evergreen it can really be released in 2023 and i think it'll still get a big draw so right. um 
Yeah, I don't think, I think they want to wait for the optimal moment. They, I'm just assuming I know what Paramount and Skydance and everyone are thinking, but um, yeah, it's a, it's slated for July as of right now, so. Yeah. I didn't mean to cut you off, was, was there something else? No, I think that's it. Kind of, I think Top Gun and Maverick's a good, <laughs> good well, uh, Yeah. I'll be in a movie with Tom Cruise. There you go. <laughs> what you got, Julian. <laughs> <laughs> we're very excited uh, for that for the record yes. yeah yeah no totally i just watched top gun for the first time last year by the way it holds um, up man. oh yeah it's, it's great yeah I, lo- it, I love that movie it holds up but i think i think you do i think there is a part of those kinds of movies that there's an extra special sauce that comes with having seen it at the time it was either released yeah. or as a younger person because i i also like watched it on a plane to australia and like it wasn't like at home with anybody who like loved the movie so i'm just sitting there with my headphones in and i'm like kind of casually taking in this totally bonkers movie like that movie's pretty crazy like all that flights all the flight (laughs) stuff i mean i think i'd i'd wish i had watched it at home on like a big tv oh for sure did you guys hear that uh carpenter was supposed to direct it at some point john carpenter was supposed to direct the original top gun Mm -hmm. yeah turned it down wow what would that have looked like? <laughs> but hey, hey, no disrespect to the late great Tony Scott. That guy yeah, filmed movies Tony like Scott's nobody's great. business. So, yeah, yeah, I can't imagine it any other way. It feels like it's just a Tony Scott. Like who else? I wouldn't imagine you would reach out to anybody else. <laughs> He's the one and only person you call. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm working on. Uh, I'm assistant editing on uh, HBO's new season of Entreatment. Um, if you guys are familiar with that show. Um, Uzo Oduba is on it and Anthony Ramos who um, I've been working on his episodes and he is uh, they're both stellar Um, but I didn't know who Anthony Ramos was before working on the show and that guy is a powerhouse I get like chills and tears watching just raw dailies it's amazing no that that that, guy rules yeah yeah so, so that's what I'm doing and then you know um trying to obviously um find you know, I've got some features I'm writing, so I'm hoping that, you know, off of Sundance and hopefully some future festivals for Raspberry, that there's some some um, pathways opening to, to get those made. You're also in the Sundance lab? I'm not in it, but I had, I had, a, I had a meeting with the, the, the Sundance like Feature Films Lab director today, um, right before I got on here, so you know, it was a really nice conversation. They, they explained to me kind of like how the labs work and um, they were really, I, you know, I, I asked her what it was about Raspberry that, you know, caused them to reach, you know, got them to reach out. Um, and she was really sort of taken with like the kind of like juxtaposition of tone, like the comedy and then the, um, you know, the, dr- the dramatic portion of it. Um, so, I think given that it, you know, I do want to submit to them the feature that I am writing that Raspberry is pulled from that kind of looks at all of the like awkwardness and absurdity of like going through death and like this sort of, um, yeah, all of like the kind of like elevated um, drama that comes with like people trying to like stake claim and grieving someone who died. Yeah, man. Yeah, so I, I definitely think I will, uh, apply to that i think it'd be a very like nurturing environment to to try and get a feature you know further along yeah if you could pull off a whole feature with that tone and like with those themes and ideas i would gladly watch that the moment it's available uh, I, I promise i'm not just blowing hot air like it, i really thought this was a, a fantastic short film uh congratulations to you both sincerely uh, gene any final thoughts or questions for them before we let them go yeah, I just had one quick question for you guys because um, on the podcast we're all for um, we're trying to you know highlight representation uh, um, and talk about like a lot of uh, like cultural influences. Is there anything that you could say um, towards like uh, representation in the the film? Um, you know, uh, it's it's interesting because I think both obviously Ray and I are like huge advocates for, you know, um, represent like increasing representation uh, as like Asian American males. Like that's something I, you know, we'd certainly like to see in our respective um, fields, but um, I'm of the impression for just for me personally, um, just in terms of my own interests, like I, you know, I grew up in really like 
I'm informed by growing up in like really white dominant communities. So being Asian American is like, um, for me, um, it's a little bit more like muted, I guess my experience. So like the stories I, I'm trying to tell, like I, you know, being Asian American is certainly important and it's in there in Raspberry, but I also want to try to um, tell a story in a way that is a little broader than, than just the specific, you know, um, Vietnamese American or, you know, whatever experience, um, something that can kind of like play on both levels. Um, and I think we're seeing a lot of, a lot more of that now, to be honest. Um, I'm really like inspired by like all these new Asian American films that are like really taking the spot and shows and stuff that are taking the spotlight that like work in terms of telling our specific experience and also being something that like anybody can relate to. Yeah, and 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 I, I, you know, just like how Julian's experience growing up in a more white-dominated culture, and my experience growing up in a more like Latino, Armenian, Korean culture of Glendale, California. I, I, I just how, it, you know, there's so much in between all of that and around all of that. So I would just wanna encourage every Asian artist in every field to just continue to tell whatever feels authentic to them because we need every single shade of Asian, uh, everything, everything in between. And just to show that we aren't monoliths and we all have very specific upbringings and there is no right or wrong way to do representation as, as long as we're, as cheesy as it sounds, being true to ourselves and and uh, how we grew up, and and not to really take on advocacy just to advocate, um, but to also just advocate through being. And um, I, I think that's a really uh, good way to approach it, in my opinion. Yeah, and I, I will I will add real quick that like one thing though that. I feel is very important is that we do portray like, um, you know, Asian American characters in, uh, you know, uh, non-stereotypical ways. Like, I think that's something like we really like should be doing. I don't know. And I think we're already kind of getting past it, to be honest. I've seen so many like um, representations of Asians, like in starting to become in leading roles and stuff that like are no longer like the funny sidekick or like the sort of meek sidekick or whatever. Like, I feel like we're very quickly getting beyond that, which is really cool. Yeah. You know, um, trying to make Asian American men sexually viable. <laughs> that, that's a big. <laughs> With every push up I do. <laughs> I know that I'm changing the face of Asian American men in the industry. <laughs> yeah. um, no, it's, it's, yeah. And, and there's different ways to show masculinity too, right? Um, you know, the yeah. most immediate thing is to show big muscles and, and tall strapping, but there's also, you know, guys like Dustin Hoffman that were leading men whom I look up to greatly. Um, you know, there's, there's, you know, John Cusack's out there, although, you know, it, it's just, I, I, I just, I just really want to encourage everybody in, in every facet to just explore the most raddest parts of themselves and not be afraid to put that out there um, because there's so many ways to represent. Yeah. And I really, I just, you know, for this film specifically, I, I appreciated the chance to be able to show this whole, like, you know, Ray, uh, Joseph Lee as a brother, G. E. Hong, and like Alexis Rhee and Harry Do Young, like to show all these Asian characters, like as being like emotionally vulnerable characters, you know, as not having to be either thing, right? Like uh, totally masculine and, and, and like, um, you know, sort of like free of weakness like I, I really appreciate the opportunity to just for like these characters to be totally vulnerable and like and like flawed at some level that's the ultimate strength man vulnerability yeah yeah 100 percent. as an avid crier i i attest to that. <laughs> <laughs> uh raymond lee julian don't thank you for coming on it was great meeting you guys it was great talking to you guys where can the people find you social media or do you guys stray away from that uh, julian i know you have a twitter for sure do you want to highlight that or <laughs> yeah. 
yeah i'm i'm hey it's julian on twitter instagram uh i think my website if you do hey it's julian.com you can find my website yeah i'm all over dude i i embrace social media man i do um especially right now i think yeah. it's like the way to connect to people it's all we got right now <laughs> it is all we got <laughs> Uh, and I'm at Ray Momomo on Instagram. Um, so yeah, you can find the latest on that. Are you ever going to get on Twitter? I was on Twitter, but I realized uh, I'm not that good at Twitter. Uh, I don't, you know, I don't know. I don't know. It was just, uh, I already read news and I was getting a lot of it and I didn't know how to stop myself. Like I, could, I was consuming so much that I'm like, something has to go and mm -hmm. i'm already so committed to instagram and twitter was something fairly new for me and i just felt so overwhelmed so maybe one day uh i'll explore back into it but yeah i just don't need news that immediately right now yeah <laughs> yeah i i will say the people in entertainment who somehow managed to do this without having a social media presence i i'm a little baffled and i admire at some level but like yeah wow like truly just living their own lives and still you know still just making stuff <laughs> yeah like i don't yeah. know how, who i'm trying to remember a director that doesn't have uh social media like how did they do it you know i don't know i i, I enjoy the, the the ability to communicate with like audiences through that way i mean we've already gotten like a lot of that you know yeah. um so i can't imagine if i was like off the grid um, i think i'd be missing out we'd be missing out on a lot of that yeah no definitely is there any um social media for the film that listeners could follow as well yes that's yeah they could uh raspberry short film at raspberry short film on uh instagram gotcha. and if you go to raspberryshortfilm.com we have a, a website with a big old picture of ray's face nice. that's raspberry with uh, a three as the e <laughs> it's just raspberry gotcha yeah I'll yeah. put the links down to everything in the YouTube and SoundCloud description below. I think you can actually access those on Spotify and Apple Podcasts, but mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I'm sorry. I, I just link the stuff there. I don't focus on those too much. Yeah. Apologies. You mean you don't know everything? <laughs> I'm just a man. I'm not yeah. a god. You're, just, you're <laughs> just one guy. You're just yeah. one guy, dude. Oh, I, I thought we were being interviewed by God. <laughs> I, I do more of the social media stuff, so uh, you know. Yeah, that's on. That's on Gene. That's yeah. Uh, hands off for me. Well, thank I'm God you're the, here, Gene, because Diego's a mess. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's been a year. That's what it's been. But I, again, thank you, thank you guys so yeah. much for coming on. And thank Gene, you, Gene. As usual, where can people find you online? Uh, yeah, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram, Gene nine eight nine two. And of course, you could follow me at the Diego Crespo on Twitter. Check out the Waffle Press on Instagram, YouTube, SoundCloud, Spotify, iTunes, and Patreon, where we take movie recommendations for a certain tier. If you're not interested in hearing us talk about a specific movie, you can hear us talk about other stuff and extended movie retrospectives, Legend of Korra retrospective. Uh, we're getting ready for Godzilla versus Kong. Love them or hate those movies. We'll be talking about them all March. So <laughs> buckle up for that. Thanks for listening, yep. everyone. Thanks for watching. We have been professionally unprofessional. Love. And that's the episode. 